Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in in what part of the country? Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. The following program has been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. When you hear phone numbers, please do not call. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. I am here, live, ready to talk to you with any questions you have about the Bible, about uh, Christianity, about Christian living, uh, about apologetics. Uh, I'll do my very best to give you the best answer I can. Uh, if you just give me a call at area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. We did have a wonderful uh, uh, prophecy class today, a conference call, where I have many students uh, there uh, dealing with biblical prophecy. It's um, every Tuesday from 11 until 1230. All you've got to go uh, to get a, to be a part of it, all you have to do is go to strictlybiblical.org. You'll see the prophecy class. You can find out the information on how you can uh, become a part of it just by getting those passcodes, all right? So definitely uh, keep that in mind if you're interested in prophetic studies. We will be talking about prophecy today because I got a letter from uh, from a friend of mine. Well, he's a listener, but, uh, but I like the way that, that this guy writes. Sounds like it's somebody that you know when you read the letter. I can't give his name, but he has a very interesting question dealing with biblical prophecy, which uh, we're going to be covering. Yeah, we're going to be covering here in this program. Uh, Now, remember, whatever I do, whatever I talk about, do not let that stop you from making your own valuable contribution to this program. Any question you have about the Word of God, uh, any comment you want to make is open. It's fair game because this is, this is, my friends, Bible talk. And don't you just love the Daryl Wood Show? I mean, such a fantastic program, such great interviews, uh, such great insight. You just can't beat Run to Win. You don't want to miss it. I don't. I listen to that before I get here. Sometimes uh, I, I hang around a little while before I come in the studio because I want to hear the very end of his program. I don't want to miss a drop of Run to Win. I'll tell you that. So uh, uh, congratulations to him. He's doing a great job for, uh, for us as Christians and also for this radio network. Number to call, 
That's Daryl Wood, by the way. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. Already I have one caller on the line, uh, but I'm going to wait for um, Marcus to come back before we have uh, something else he needs to do before we get our caller in. So I'm going to begin uh, by uh, talking about this wonderful letter, okay? Now, remember, you can call anytime you want and be a part of this program. But here's a guy who writes me. I'm not going to give his name. Um, I'm not going to give him just general information. So I'm, I'm not trying. I hate to read uh, the names of people. A lot of times, people don't want their names publicized on the air, so I won't do that. But I will give you the substance, substance of his arguments, a discussion he had with he and his pastor uh, about the, uh, the pandemic, basically, but it deals with some other issues as well. He says, hello, Pastor Moss. I'm an ex-Roman Catholic, now Baptist. Yeah, that's quite a jump. I was, it, was radio, it was Christian radio that saved me. Kind of a long story. Honestly, I barely made it through high school, so I'm not a scholar. Don't worry. Okay? All of us are students of the Word of God, uh, even if we study beyond high school, my friends. So don't worry about that. He said, I'm not a scholar, just a regular guy who loves the Word of God, or the Word of the Lord. Anyhow, I have a theological question that I've been tossing at my pastor, but it seems that I keep running to the same question. Though he answers the questions that I give him every time, I ask, I don't fully agree with him and keep returning to the same question in, different, in a different form. Sounds confused, confusing? He says, yeah, I'm still confused. So he goes on. Very interesting. He writes well, doesn't he? He says, what I got out of him last time was the term dogmatic. I had to look up the definition. <laughs> I guess the pastor said it's kind of dogmatic. He said he had to look up that definition. Uh, the definition says, inclined to lay down principles as incontrovertibly true. Well, and then he says, which would make sense because the principles of the word of God are incontrovertibly true. Well, he's right about that. But that doesn't mean that he's necessarily saying the same thing as the Word of God. All right, well, we're going to go on with this. So here is this guy. He's setting us up. He's asking his pa his pastor a question. It's going to be an interesting question, but we do have a caller. Can I take the caller now, uh, Marcus? Can I take our caller now? All right, we're going to go to Ferndale and talk to Nathan. Hello, Nathan. How you doing? Hello? Hello, Nathan. How you doing? Very good. Can you hear me? I sure can. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. All right. What's on your mind, sir? I was uh, wanting to ask you, uh, the book of Hebrews, uh, who was it written to? Well, what happens is uh, many, some believe, some scholars believe uh, that it was written by Paul. Others... I'm, uh, I'm not talking about the authorship. I'm saying... Was it written to a specific people? Oh, was it? Oh, was it written to a specific people? Well, I would say it was written to the church at large. Every letter that was written in the uh, New Testament, all of the Gospels go out to the church as a whole. Okay? So, so that that's the bottom line. It was meant for the Christian church. And so, in the book of Genesis, where Abram is called a Hebrew. And um, the Apostle Paul identifies himself as a Hebrew Israelite 
in Second Corinthians 11 and 22, I was happy to hear that you you accept the book of Hebrews as written to the Hebrew people, or do you deny uh, As I said, it? and I'll repeat it, it was written to the church as a whole. If you look at it, it wasn't directed just to any black Hebrew Israelites. It was directed to the whole church. I, I and, and, then, and, that, that would mean, about, and that would mean believers. But the Apostle Paul in Second Corinthians eleven twenty two said, "Are they Hebrew? So am I." Yeah, yeah. Are they no, Israelite? No problem. So am I. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Are they the seed of Abraham? No, so am I. No problem with that. No problem so, with that at all. So you're denying that the book of Hebrews was written to Hebrew Israelites? Are you denying that it was written to Hebrews, Israelites, and to everybody? Sir, the the book says Hebrew, like the book of Corinthians were written to Hebrew Israelites at Corinth. Yeah, but what you're failing to realize is that all of these letters were passed from church to church. That's what Esubius tells us in church history. All the churches got to uh, pass these letters along. They didn't just stop at one uh, church. That's why we have the collection of them that we have in the Bible today. But when you look at the different churches the Apostle Paul wrote to, Uh and he identifies himself as a Hebrew, as an Israelite, as the offspring of Abraham— wouldn't his audience also be what he is? But remember, also, he preached the gospel to Gentiles, and many Gentiles got saved. And in First Peter chapter 4, verse 16, Peter knew Paul, and he said this, Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. So therefore, if Peter said, and he was a Jew as well, but if he said, if any man suffer as a Christian, then you can be a Christian and be a Gentile, just like you can be a Christian and be a Jew, sir. So what I'm saying is, I have no problem with your position. Okay, Anybody who believes in Jesus I, Christ is saved, regardless of whether they are Jew or Gentile. That's all I'm saying. So therefore, Christian, I, I don't mind, but in the bottom line, that black Hebrew Israelite must be a Christian, because the term mentioned here in First uh, 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 Peter 4 and 16, is Christian. Unless you're Christian, you're not going to make it into heaven. Now, if you're a black, Hebrew, Israelite, or whatever kind of Israelite you are, okay, or Hebrew, you still have to be a Christian to make it. Sir, Thank I you. never used the word black. I, I just did. I just did, just in case. That was being but why did you why did you use the word black, Hebrew, Israelite? Because I simply identified a book in the Second Testament, which said to the, it was written to the Hebrews, the Apostle Paul identified himself as a Hebrew, and then you interject the word black? Yeah, I, I just wanted to do that because Why? I kind of think, well, Why? I just kind of figured that's probably the direction we were going in. Because it wasn't just well, written well, why to would you, because why would, well, you, why would uh, you say why would you say that because he addresses it to the Hebrews, all he's talking to here is Hebrews. He's writing this to the whole church. Would you agree? But I wait, wait answer my question. I answered yours. Would you agree? Was would question? You, my question is, he's writing this, it says, to the Hebrews. Uh, are you telling me that this was just written to the Hebrews and not all of the church? 
And you, you, you're I, telling me I'm he's not you. writing to I, me? No, I asked you. No, I didn't. Now, let me say it again. Well, Here's what I said. So, listen, listen, let me okay, speak. Okay. okay, Here's what I'm saying. I would acknowledge that it's a letter to the Hebrews, but also it was written to the entire church. Do you acknowledge that? The church of who? The church of Jesus there Christ. There has to be an identity. The church of Jesus of Christ. The church. the church of Jesus Christ. Well, the, the Messiah. The Messiah. That's what, that's what, yeah, but that's right. And he died, on the, Hebrew. he died on the cross for everybody's sins, for Jews and Gentiles, Where everybody. Where say he died for everyone's sins? Oh, uh, the, oh, so the Bible doesn't say that he died for everyone's sins? I'm just sins? asking a question. No, I'm asking you, is that true or false? What was it? What was the statement you just made? But did he die on the cross for everyone's sins? Is that what the Bible says? Is it? I have to answer you with a question. No, uh, yeah, that's what the Bible says, right? I should, yeah. Okay, Luke one, Luke one. No, no, no. You you didn't People... ask me where though. Listen, let me say, I'm not going to argue with you anymore on this. I'm going to say this to you. Definitely, you can call me. I'd love to get in a deeper discussion with you. Here over okay. in John chapter three, it's quite as clear. All right, where it says in John three. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believes on him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. For everyone that does evil hates the light, neither comes to the light, lest his deeds should be proved. He that does truth comes to the light, that his deeds might be made manifest, that they are right, what of God. For God so loved the world, 316, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, when that says, whosoever that means everybody of every race, every nationality, whosoever believes in Jesus Christ is going to be saved. I rest my case with that, sir. All right. Thank you for calling. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Yeah, I think it was the black Hebrew Israelite. I don't know for sure, but I think so. We'll be right back. In the 2016 race for president, Donald Trump was not the first choice for many Christian voters. His personal history made it unimaginable that he would defend Christian values as president, or so we thought. In his new book, For God and Country, The Christian Case for Trump, Dr. Ralph Reed shows that President Trump has kept his promises and been the most effective presidential defender of religious liberty and the pro-life cause since Reagan. It's required reading in 2020. For God and Country, the new book by Ralph Reed, available wherever books are sold. Chris McCourtney for Salem Surround, the digital marketing solution that keeps growing by leaps and bounds. The reason? Strategies. Everybody out there has all the digital advertising products your business wants, but the strategies you need, well, as a small business owner, you're on your own. Enter Salem Surround. We're more than products. We design a comprehensive digital strategy with the components you can't find anywhere else, branded audio. How about we target your best customers with proven digital tactics, lead them down the customer journey, and introduce them to you. Tell your story. Sell your product with branded audio. You're tired of digital products being pitched at you. It's time for our one-stop digital marketing partner. Let's talk about your strategy today. Go to SalemSurroundDetroit.com. That's SalemSurroundDetroit.com. 
The team at MyPillow is grateful for you. So grateful they have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. Mike guarantees they will be the most comfortable sheets you've ever owned. The first night you sleep on a Giza Dream Sheet, you may never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. For a limited time, you can buy one, get one free. Call 800-919-5912. That's 800-919-5912. Or go to MyPillow.com, but make sure to use the promo code RUNTOWIN at checkout. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Hello, friends. This is Tom Kitterman, host of Mornings with Meaning, and I've got some exciting news. Now, in addition to listening to us at 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap Listen, choose News Talk, and scroll down to Faith Talk Detroit. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun, it sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at radio.com. The following program has been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. When you hear phone numbers, please do not call. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Marsh, your friendly neighborhood apologist. Let's go to William in Oakland uh, Township and see what's on his mind. Hello, William. William, are you with us? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, I can. How are you doing? Okay, good. I was just uh, saying I hope you're well today. (laughs) I'm doing fine. That's good. You're your previous caller brought up the book of Hebrews. Yeah. And I have a, uh, I have a question regarding the book of Hebrews uh-huh. and it's in uh, 11. Well, it's 1113, but actually it comes down to it between 1139 and 40. Okay. Hebrews 1139 and 40. All right. And while you're looking that up, I, my question is this, it's, it says, uh, it basically goes through and talks about Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, uh, the prophets and the saints. And it says that uh, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Uh-huh. I was wondering what your take is on that. Well, it's an interesting verse, isn't it? Where it says, uh, starting at verse 37, they were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in, the, uh, in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. And 
these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, but having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. So when it says, all these having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, but God having perfected, provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. What it's saying is that they did not receive uh, earthly uh, promise, earthly glory for what they did, or earthly recompense, but God had provided some better things for us that without us they should be made perfect. So that what seems to be the uh, focus on, that they didn't get uh, uh, things that were, you know, dealing with the earth, but Better yet, they get heaven. It seems to be the focus. So they wouldn't be made perfect here yeah. on earth? No, not that they would not be made. It says, uh, for, and and these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. The only place where we will be perfect is when we're in heaven. Now, here on earth now, we're saved. We're born again, right? But we're still yeah, so we're still not perfect. We don't have yeah, our Pastor perfect. Moss, that's my that's my question. Right. Is it seems that the whole world has changed from rest in peace until we're resurrected to well now when we die everyone says we go to heaven. But just like John three thirteen says no one has gone to heaven except for the one that came from heaven, the Son of Man. So there there's there's such a conflict, and that's why I wonder what your take was on Well, what that. happens is, I would say this. Uh, I wouldn't say that anyone hasn't gone to heaven. Uh, there are people in heaven right now. Well, John 3.13 says that no one's gone to heaven. Uh, n- no, it was talking about, it was just telling you the history of those folks. Over in Second Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verse uh, uh, 8, this is well, what we well, see. Pastor Musto, John John 3.13 doesn't talk about, in Hebrews it talks about all the saints, Mm -hmm. but in John 3.13 it talks about the Son of Man. It says that no one has gone to heaven except for the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. That's that's just talking about the fact that Jesus Christ himself, the way he went into heaven, was unique. Here's what you have to explain to me. What is meant by 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 6 and 7, where it says, Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Then, verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. When Jesus hung on the cross with the thief in Luke chapter 23, he told him, remember, this day shall you be with me in paradise. Now, Jesus, of course, when he was on the cross, he, he died, his body was buried, but he went to heaven, and the thief well, went to heaven with him. The spirits Pastor did. Moss, we, we know that Jesus didn't go to heaven that day, because when he came back and came to Mary, when Mary approached him, he said not to touch him, because he had not ascended to his father yet. So we knew that Jesus had not gone to heaven that day. No, but it, what went to heaven was his spirit. When he died, his body went into the ground, and his spirit went to be with the Lord. Okay? That's what happened. Then then what happened was his spirit was rejoined with his body, and he rose in a resurrected body. 
The first thing that happened, well, he went straight. His spirit went to heaven. That's what's talking. That's what he's telling the thief, because the thief definitely wasn't re- resurrected then. He went to heaven in his spiritual body, but he has to wait for the end, for the intermediate uh, state, where his body and soul, uh, body, spirit, and soul, will be uh, together, and then he'll be in a resurrected body. But that's what well, Jesus said uh-huh, when he said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That your spirit, when you die. Your spirit and your soul go into heaven to be with the Lord. Your body goes into the ground. Then, at the end, there is a resurrection where the soul uh, and spirit and body come together and you raise from the dead like Jesus did. Okay, I guess I just... I guess I just combined all this. That's why I wanted to know your input. Well, there you go. I combined that Mm -hmm. with, like, Acts 2, 29 to 35, when it said, For David did not ascend to heaven. And yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. But it said, For David did not, it ran through all of it and said, For David did not ascend to heaven yet. Yeah, not uh, not, not in any sense like Jesus did, of course. Jesus uniquely, right? He is in heaven in a resurrected body. But when he died, okay. yeah, when he died, his soul and spirit went into heaven. His body went into the ground. Uh, then when he came back, uh, 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 when he said, uh, don't touch me, he was talking about, and in fact, he really didn't say touch. In uh, the Greek, the word for uh, touch is hapto, which means not only touch, but not to handle. What she probably did, my friend, was when she saw Jesus, after having just put him out of her mind because he was dead, she probably, uh, the other meaning of that word, hapto, is to cling to. She probably grabbed him and was there with him. Jesus said, I, I got to go. Yeah, you, you know? would too, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, I'd do the same thing. I got to go. So that was a yeah. Pro- yeah, but so that was a problem there. So hopefully that helps your understanding. Well, I, I appreciate your help. I just uh, I wondered how we went from rest in peace, R.I.P., that everyone says, to now when someone passes away, they say, well, he's in heaven now. And it seemed to blend right to heaven's got a new angel, which we know we're not becoming angels. And no, it just seemed to me a, a, a change in the scripture from rest in peace to now we're in heaven now. Well, what happens is your soul and your the, the rest in peace. You know, there, there a lot of folks are just talking about your body. It's not, it's resting because in a Christian sense, it's going to be raised from the dead. It's going to come back alive. That's been uh, the same promise we have throughout the Bible. Job talked about the resurrection in Job fourteen, Job twenty six. Um, uh, sure, the, when Lazarus died, and he was talking to. Uh, uh, I think it was Elizabeth or somebody and said, yeah, from my, or his brother or brother uh, uh, that he would rise again at the uh, last right, trumpet right. call so during the resurrection. That's right. That always has been the hope of the uh, of the saved. And then we need to understand that in uh, James chapter two, verse 26, it says, for the body without the spirit is dead. Notice it doesn't say that the spirit dies okay? because the spirit goes to be with the Lord at the moment a person dies. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Uh, what happens then, and that's why Jesus did what he did, uh, uh, that what happens in the, in the last days is that the soul and spirit that is with the Lord will come in, uh, be joined with the body, and then we'll have a resurrected body just like Jesus. Okay. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate your help. God bless you, Pastor Mark. I appreciate your call. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578. 866-423-9578. 
Area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. Let's go to Michael in Detroit. What's on your mind, Mike? Hey, Pastor Moss. How you doing? It's good to hear from you. Good to hear from you, my friend. Oh, thank you. I had two questions. My first question was, um, I heard um, somebody talk about, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the Adibai experience. Um, they they say that when you leave this earth, if you're a Christian, your spirit come out your body and it goes to heaven. I just heard you talk about that with right. with that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, um, they say that they say that um, there's no conscious. This the kid, this guy name is Bob Duco. I I I I, I think you're familiar with him. He be on the radio on 3.5 FM, and he uh, says that he don't. The Bible don't teach consciousness after death. Is that true? Uh, no, they. Uh, I've never heard him say that, but I can definitely let you know that the Bible does talk about consciousness uh, uh, after death. Yeah, that that definitely okay. is something that's taught in the Bible. Uh, okay. In fact, we can see it now. But but let me show you because uh, without biblical evidence, what I just said means absolutely nothing. We got to have biblical evidence for it, right? So we go to Revelation chapter six. We could have used James two, but over in Revelation chapter six uh, and verse nine. Now this is uh, what we're seeing. This is taking place in heaven, and it says in Revelation chapter six verse nine. And when he had opened the fifth seal. I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain. All right? You see this? This is, an altar right. in, this is an altar in heaven. And it says, And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And then these souls, okay, without their bodies, their bodies are still buried, uh, on, you know, in the ground. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood? Because they were dead. Their souls are in heaven, see? Their bodies are dead. On them that dwell on the earth. Verse 11, And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. So you see right here very clearly something that we see throughout the, uh, the Bible, just as I read before in Second Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 8 and 9, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Uh, folks who try to deny that, they can, but you've got to do something with these passages. Here you see folks, souls right. under the altar, right, in heaven, right. waiting for their bodies to be joined with their uh, soul and spirit. Okay. Well, my second question was, as a Christian, if you backslide, uh, would you miss the rapture? Um, if you if you didn't repent and you backslide, would you miss the rapture? Well, I'd and say you this: have to go through the tribulation for well, missing the rapture. Well, well, let me tell you what the what the Bible says about it. Now, what happens is that uh, no Christian will miss the rapture, right? So, what you're saying basically right. is, if you're an unbeliever, and uh, you know the rapture takes place and you're still here. Uh, is there a chance for you to make it into heaven? Uh, uh, so if, if that's your question, then the answer is uh, uh, yes. It's possible that you, uh, uh, you know, as long as you believe in Jesus Christ and accept him as your Savior, 
then uh, definitely uh, you're uh, heaven bound. Okay, so that's okay. true. But we got it. But here we're still not done yet. We got to be careful because oh. uh, now we don't want to be backslid. To be backslid is a bad thing, right? That means you're right. out there. You're living into sin. But there is right. some comfort, and I hate to say it, but there is some comfort. Well, I don't hate to because all of us have experienced it. But yeah. there, there is some comfort the Bible gives us concerning backsliding. Over in Jeremiah okay. chapter 3, verse 14. In Jeremiah 3, 14, it says, Turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you. I will take you one of a city and two of a family and will bring you to Zion. All right? So right. here, right. and this is where the term comes up, where it says, God says, I'm married to the backslider, right? So that means backsliders, you know, pretty much if you're a backslider, who didn't backslide? Uh, Peter did. He denied the Lord, all right? Mm -hmm. Uh, David backslid. Solomon backslid. Oh, Samson, he backslid, backslid, backslid. But yet they Mm -hmm. all made it into heaven. So definitely the backslider can make it. But here's the danger. Here is the danger. A person can say that they're backslid, but sometimes people aren't backslid, they're just sliders. They're just sliding. Mm. You know, they, they, they have, in other words, they never were saved in the first place. And that's the mm. thing to look out for. There's a different term to describe those folks. That term is over in Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. In Second Corinthians okay. 13 and 5, here's what Paul writes. Now, he writes to the church because even okay. in the church, you have backsliders there, yes, but you also have another kind of folk there. Listen to it. Second uh, uh, Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, Paul writes, yeah. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you. See? Examine yourselves mm-hmm. whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. A reprobate means counterfeit. Not a Christian at all. Uh, Acting so good as a Christian, you should receive an Academy Award, but you're not going to heaven. You're just in in the church, but the church is not so much in you. All right? All right. Okay, so hopefully that helped you with that, my friend. Yes, you did help me. Thank you for helping me, Pastor. All right, and I thank you for calling. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Call if you have questions of any kind. Whether you agree or disagree, I'll take your call, and we'll be right back. In the 2016 race for president, Donald Trump was not the first choice for many Christian voters. His personal history made it unimaginable that he would defend Christian values as president, or so we thought. In his new book, For God and Country, The Christian Case for Trump, Dr. Ralph Reed shows that President Trump has kept his promises and has been the most effective presidential defender of religious liberty and the pro-life cause since Ronald Reagan and perhaps all of U.S. history. In For God and Country, Reed pushes back against left-wing evangelicals trying to shame Christians into turning against Trump, revealing how liberals hope to reverse President Trump's pro-religious freedom policies, why President Trump is the most pro-Israel president in history, and why that should matter to all Christians in America. With first-hand personal and professional anecdotes from Dr. Reed's decades of work with President Trump, Forgotten Country is required reading in this election year, and for every conservative Christian. Forgotten Country, The Christian Case for Trump, the new book by Dr. Ralph Reed, published by Regnery, available at Amazon and wherever books are sold. 
This Father's Day weekend, June 19th, comes a brand new film, Selfie Dad, available at SalemNow.com. Selfie Dad is a very funny yet powerful movie about a Christian dad in a midlife crisis who becomes an overnight social media phenomenon only to turn away from God and his family. But when he's confronted with a newfound friendship and the life-changing truths of the Bible, he learns the only way to have true happiness. Some of these things I just can't fix without some sort of direction. And I'm finding it right here in the Bible. God can do incredible things. Selfie Dad stars Christian comedians Michael Jr. and Shonda Pierce, as well as Grammy singer, YouTube star Jamie Grace, and War Room's Karen Abercrombie. It will inspire you to find the life-changing value of reading the Bible. There's a lot going on right now, and broadcasters are on the ground covering all of it, bringing you the weather, the traffic, and breaking news, all while entertaining you 24 hours a day. Someone needs to tell you what's going on around the world and in our hometowns, and that someone is us. We are free radio. We are always there. We are broadcasters. Visit wearebroadcasters.com or text radio to 52886 to learn more. Furnished by NAB and this station. Hello, friends. This is Daryl Wood, host of Run to Win. I've got some exciting news in addition to listening to us on Faith Talk FM 92.7 and AM 1500. You can now stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap Choose News Talk, and scroll down to WLQV Faith Talk. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com. Tonight's Bible Talk program is pre-recorded and we will not be taking any phone calls. number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss, your friendly neighborhood apologist, defending the faith, defending the gospel of Jesus Christ with the truth of the Bible, trying to establish everything by evidence and logic. Give us a call, area code 866-423-9578. Uh, whatever I wanted to talk about, you guys can absolutely demolish it, which you've done. But I'll get back to this letter maybe at another time. But we're getting a lot of calls today, and that is okay with me. We're going to go and talk to Jamie right now. See how Jamie's doing? Like trying to get Jamie on. Jamie. Hello, Jamie. Hello. How you doing? Hi, Pastor Moss. How are you? Good, good. Good. Uh, I have a question. Um, I'm dialoguing with someone who says he's, that they're a Christian, uh-huh. um, but we were talking about the whole idea of the speaking in tongues kind of thing. He claims he's not a oneness, but um, he was telling me that 
it's a God-given gift for every Christian who has enough sense and faith to believe the blessing of the tongues. And he cited Mark 16, 17. But then, you know, I told him, I said, well, there's other verses that talk about people um, being filled with the Holy Spirit and, and no tongues have been mentioned. So he uh, quotes John 20, verse 22, Acts uh, chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, and then verse, five, uh, verse 8 when it says that Jesus said that they would receive the power when they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. So he's trying to say that tongues are the biblical evidence for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so I was trying to get your, like, am I missing some verses that, uh, is there something that I can show him? Because I showed him do all speak in tongues. You know, I showed him that verse and he's just said on Mark 16 and 17, he says they will speak with new languages. And he, he's interpreted that to mean tongues. Is that, True. Well, remember, whatever it is that you say to some folks, it don't matter. They're going to hold their own view. Now, I know you realize that already. That's just the way it is, right? But definitely, the the one scripture here that, that really is the one that demolishes it. But those who believe not. And here's the problem they have with me. Uh, I have the gift of tongues, all right? Uh, mm-hmm. So, But definitely, I was saved some years before I ever received it. And nobody mm-hmm. can tell me that God's Spirit did not come into me the moment I was saved. I know it. I know it. I knew I was saved uh, as soon as I came out of the baptismal water. So it wasn't until later I spoke in tongues. Now, what mm-hmm. happens is uh, there should not be a verse like this in Scripture if, in fact, everybody who gets saved speaks in tongues, all right? Where mm-hmm. it says, and I'll start at verse uh, 29, are all apostles, well, we know that's been fulfilled, are all prophets, that's been fulfilled. Are all teachers, are all workers of miracles. Verse 30, this is 1 Corinthians 12 and 30. Have all the gifts of healing? No, God gives the gift of healing to some. Do all speak with tongues? So mm-hmm. it, it, it says not only that, it says do all speak with tongues and do all interpret? The question to all those questions, no, all don't speak in tongues. Okay? Nor does everyone get the gift of the interpretation of tongues. So, if mm-hmm. all don't speak in tongues, then <laughs> all don't speak in tongues in the church. Everybody has gifts that are given to them uh, by God's will and not yours. In the same chapter, 1 Corinthians 12 and 11, but all these works that one and self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he wills. So, God doesn't mm-hmm. give everybody the same gifts. And nowhere in the Bible does it say you have to speak in tongues to be saved. It is a gift that's given to no. you. Now, if after you share that with them, someone will say, yeah, well, you know, yeah, well, it's true, uh, uh, but you at least have to speak in tongues one time. Uh, no, no, <laughs> you don't. It says, do all speak in tongues. So there's, exactly. there's some that won't believe it, regardless of what you uh, show them. They uh, have trouble with someone like me because I speak in tongues. But I know uh-huh. that I was saved way before I do it. Billy Graham, some of the greatest evangelists that have ever lived, uh, saved, born again, brought people to Jesus Christ, did not speak in tongues. So those who believe I mean, this are going to be real saddened when they, you know. <laughs> well, what is, what, is, what is the take on Mark uh, chapter 16, verse 17? Is Jesus speaking specifically to the disciples? Because I want to tell them, okay, well, read the next verses that you'll you know, pick up daily serpents. You'll do this, you'll do that. So it's like, is Jesus speaking generally to just the disciple or it specifically to the disciples? Or is he talking about 
this is what all Christians are going to be able to do. Well, there you went to a good place. You're right. And it's one that we need to, to deal with, right? Over in Mark chapter mm-hmm. 16, where it says in verse 15, Go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. For the first thing it tells you, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you're saved. Okay? And if you're baptized, mm-hmm. then it says, these signs shall follow them that believe. Now, that didn't mean that everyone was going to have to do Now, Now, here's, look at it. Let's look at it. Let's take it to the extreme, Jamie, where it says mm-hmm. in Mark sixteen seventeen, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out demons. So, so therefore, you got to cast out some demons, Jamie. Uh, they shall mm-hmm. speak in new tongues, okay? Got to speak in tongues. But wait a minute. Also, you got to take up a serpent, all right? It says, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the mm-hmm. sick, and they shall recover. Now, now, there's some who want to lift tongues out of this for everybody, right? But, mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying? But do you have yep. to also go and find somebody with a demon to cast it out? Uh, do yep, you have to pick true. up? Do you have to pick up a serpent to prove your salvation? Yep. According to th- yeah. th- that's what some believe, right? Okay. But yeah. in fact, there was a there's a group down in uh, deep down south. That's what they do. They, they, <laughs> pick up serpents. Yeah, because yeah. they interpret it. If you because they're they're interpreting it literally without examining it. That if you have to speak in tongues, then you got to do all of these. You also mm-hmm. have to pick up servants. And it's very interesting. Exactly. And, I mean, and many of them have gotten sick and died. Uh, but one thing I always notice about the people who handle these snakes, every time you see them, there's always a dance ministry that goes along with it because they, <laughs> exactly. they keep those snakes moving and they don't exactly. want to get bit by them. So, of course, exactly. just like it doesn't mean that you have to show all these signs to be saved, you don't have to speak in tongues to be saved. It's a gift that is uh, yeah. given to some, not to others. And definitely it was a sign uh, to one thing, which we could go into in some detail. In fact, I'm going to teach a, a lesson on this uh, on the radio, okay. radio show pretty soon. That what happens okay. is the Gentiles had to speak. Uh, they spoke in tongues to prove to the Jews that salvation had come to them. That's mm-hmm. what we see. In fact, here's another thing to remember also. This may help you. That when it comes down to the day of Pentecost, uh, you'll have a lot of people who speak in tongues saying, you must have the Pentecostal experience. Let me say this. No one in the church has had the Pentecostal experience that we read about in Acts chapter 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Because, but you know why? First of all, because when it came, cloven tongues of fire appeared on their heads, right? Then mm-hmm. they spoke in languages that the Jews from other nations that they'd come out of could understand those languages. They did not need an interpreter, okay? Yep. No That's one right. has had the Pentecostal experience. Jesus told them specifically, go to Jerusalem, okay? And you'll be endued with power from on high. That was for them, okay? So mm-hmm. people who say, well, you didn't have the Pentecostal, I've tried to explain it. No one has, because the cloven tongues aren't there. The Jews out of every nation out there, that was unique. That was showing that the gospel had come not only to the Jews, but to the Gentiles. Okay. Yeah. All right, Pastor Mark. As always, I know you, you set me straight. So. All right, but, <laughs> uh, but, but uh, talk to folks about it, but you're going to find that some just, you know, they've got that. Uh, that and, it, and, it, and it's bad. It's really bad. First Corinthians uh, 12, verse 1 to 3 says, you cannot even confess 
Jesus unless you have the Spirit of God. So, Amen. 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 All right. Thanks a lot, Pastor Ross. You really helped me again. All right. Thank you, Jamie. Thank <laughs> Take you for care. Calling. Be safe. Okay. You Thank too. You. All right. All right. Bye-bye. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. This is David Davenport of the Hoover Institution for Townhall.com. We all long return to normal, but the big question is whether government will. Our nation has a history of government taking on special powers and more spending during emergencies and never returning to normal. Two periods in history illustrate the difference. In the 1920s, following a pandemic and World War I, President Warren Harding called for a return to normalcy. A decade of conservative presidents, especially Calvin Coolidge, worked tirelessly to bring government spending back to pre-war levels. But following the Great Depression and World War II, there was no return to normalcy. Instead, the bigger government and higher spending led by President Franklin Roosevelt became the new normal. Now we ask, will government give up its emergency powers? Will the federal government ever reduce spending? That's the leadership question facing conservatives now. I'm David Davenport. The Pepperdine School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program for leaders. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners owners of South Coast Coast Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 836, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. And one way we can achieve that is by being debt-free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. As the will of the student goes, so goes the will of the nation. This is the central theme of the new movie, Return to the Hiding Place, a film about Corey Ten Boom and her family's historic efforts to hide and save Jews from the Nazis during World War II and about her secret army of teenagers. Watch this captivating movie tonight with your older children at SalemNow.com and save 20% with the promo code DETROIT. Return to the Hiding Place at SalemNow.com and that promo code DETROIT. Hello, friends. This is Evangelist Anita Campbell, host of Bible Talk. I've got some exciting news now. In addition to listening to us on 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap the News Talk, and scroll down to WLQV Faith Talk. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun, sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578 to be on the hardest-hitting apologetic show on radio. Bible Talk 
welcome to it. Your questions welcome here. I come in with an agenda, but you can change that agenda at any time by bringing up questions of your very own. Remember our Sunday service, which is live streamed on strictlybiblical.org. All you have to do is log on to that, tell you how to uh, access the live streaming sermon where I am preaching in the book of Revelation, and we're about to go into the tribulation period. Number to call here, area code 866-423-9578. Let's go to uh, William in Oakland Township. Hello, William. Hello, William. A moment ago. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I sure can, William. Very good. I appreciate you, Pastor Moss. Like a good Berean, you quoted a, a verse with me, and I just wanted to follow up and get your input. Okay. You quoted you you uh, you quoted Second Corinthians five for me that says, uh, "I would prefer or rather be absent from the body and present with the Lord," but it says, "Prefer or rather be." absent from the body or away from the body and present with the Lord, that changes the whole context of, of, of that. And I, I just uh, wonder what you thought about that. I mean, well, no, what is, well, my opinion is that basically Paul's saying uh, he didn't have any problem dying. He'd rather be with the Lord, uh, which will mean you're in heaven, okay, with him intimately than to be on earth. Well, I, I think prefer or rather be absent from the body is different than saying absent from the body is present with the Lord. He's making a passing comment saying, instead of being here teaching you guys, I would rather be with the Lord. And that's different than saying when you die, you're absent from the body and well, present well, with the Lord. Well, tell me this then. Explain this to me. I see you. I see where you're coming from. Verse 8. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body. What does it mean when he says to be absent from the body? Well, he, he's saying uh, when the spirit departs from the body. Okay. So when the spirit departs from the body, where is it uh, when it's with the Lord? Well, when we die, we leave time. And we're no longer in the time present. And we're present with who? Well, it's going to be an instantaneous for all of us. No, it, in, no, not for, no. Well, what about over in uh, what we looked at in um, Revelation? Were you listening to the program when we got there? Over yeah, in, I've yeah. been listening. I love your program, okay, by the way. Okay, thank you, and I love you calling. Where it talks about uh, here where you had souls that were at the altar, okay? Uh, and it says in uh, Revelation chapter 6, verse 9, and when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar, this is in heaven, the souls of them which were slain. Brother, their souls went to the altar in heaven. The souls did. For the word of God which they, and the testimony which they held. And that's exactly what it says in verse 9. Okay? The souls of them that were slain, uh, for the word of God which they held, and verse 10, even not in their bodies, they were able to communicate. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Okay? So that's what happens. Now, look up a, a good commentary and see if they don't back it up. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Yeah. Simple. Well, that, that, quoting that verse, though, um, I just find it to be the word rather or prefer. 
changes the meaning of that. If you say, I would prefer to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. All he was saying, his language was, if he died, he'd rather be with the Lord. He knows that when he dies, his body's going to be buried, but his soul will be with the Lord. And then, I can see, though, what you didn't do, you didn't comment, though, on Revelation 6 and 9. Well, I need to study it. Like okay, brain, all right. right. Study, ready you go. Like judge, study that one. <laughs> and I only got two minutes. That's why I got to tell you this. I got to go. But study that Can one you. and call me back. Tell me what that one means, sir. I will. Can you okay. look up Daniel 12, too? Yes, I dealt with Daniel 12. Yep, that's talking about the resurrection principally. Yeah, because that, of course, is... Yeah, who's sleeping the dust of the that's earth. That's the body. The body goes in the ground. The soul and spirit—it's going to be awakened. It's going to be—it's going to be awakened when the soul and the spirit return to it. Okay, you check it out and look it up and get back with me. I'll be glad to talk with you next time. I'm doing my homework with a good Berean. Okay, appreciate your help. All right, now appreciate your call. I love you, brother. I love you too. Thank you. Thank you. All right, looks like my time is up. I wish it wasn't, but it is. Uh, Hopefully, I'll be back again. Okay. Study to show yourselves approved, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And uh, definitely this program exists so that we can help people to better be able to interpret the Bible. Uh, Whether you agree or disagree, I want you to call. What is it about? Bible Talk. That's the name of the program. And if you want to support us, you can send donations to P.O. Box 05879. That's P.O. Box 05879, uh, Detroit, Michigan, 48205. Make out those checks to Bible Boot Camp Ministries. We'd appreciate it very, very much. I want to thank Marcus, also Luke, and this fine radio station, WLQV, for letting a program like this, dealing with apologetics, be on the air. And I thank all of my callers, regardless of whether you agree with me or not. That's not the issue. What we want to do is dialogue with you to show you that the Bible is the infallible, unalterable Word of God. This is Pastor Moss saying goodbye and be Strictly Biblical. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.